evening, comrades. Welcome to the Way Out There podcast. I am your host, Labmanjo, and this is the first pilot episode, I guess you could call it, but eh, hopefully there are more to come after this. Uh, welcome. Uh, as I mentioned, that is my name, Labmanjo. Uh, it's not my actual name, as I'm sure you could tell, but uh, circumstances, you know, gotta do the whole uh, screen name thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> that'll work for the time being uh so the entire aim of this podcast at least in the beginning phases will be to talk about and explain specific viewpoints i guess i guess i should start by defining myself and talking about how i have been so at the moment i would call myself a leftist Specifically, I would classify myself as an anarcho-syndicalist, which uh, I'll probably get more in detail later, but uh, at its base, the idea is that rather than having capital and power control in the hands of a few select businessmen, like it's been since basically forever, (laughs) uh, rather the worker in sort of co-ops uh it's also a form of market socialism if you're familiar with the term but regardless uh rather than have you know your average mcdonald's worker you know going to work every other day working for 10 hours to get five cents (laughs) for every burger they flip rather they would own part of the business they work for and to sort of run things you know they would vote on their managers they would vote on it's it's sort of democratic uh way to deal with things they would vote on their managers they would vote on a like a regional representative have a group of regional representatives have a national congress no one has any particular power the idea is to flatten hierarchy as much as possible which i'm an advocate of as of late anyway (laughs) but i i feel you know i feel as though there are lots of my contemporaries in the online sphere who tend to tackle the ideas of the right and other the people right of us which is most people (laughs) uh in a more combative way and I feel as though in my particular set of experiences and in my particular way of dealing with things, I feel as though the best way to deal with it would rather be from a more aggressive standpoint, talking about how conservatives are all pieces of shit and nobody, you know, instead of anything like that, rather focus more on the misconceptions held by them. And I feel as though I have a certain expertise to speak on this matter since uh, I am a, I am very young, <laughs> uh, this is not why I have expertise, but I am a very young, I am currently attending college, uh, political science and history major, so that's fun, but um, even though I haven't necessarily lived a long time and experienced many things, for the, unfortunately, for the vast majority of my life and my experience on, you know, being political and in the political world has been through the lens of my uh has been through the lens of a very conservative region of the United States and 
a very Fox News heavy <laughs> experience up until recently anyway I would say I've started I've been a leftist in name for about six eight months now but I've been further left than I have been willing to admit for about a year and a half give or take um, I always found myself resistant to call myself like a socialist or any other form of further left ideology, even though I definitely agreed with those ideals, mostly because of the ways that I viewed them, because of Fox News or because of the way that the American school system handles those ideas, especially in the South. <laughs> so the goal of this podcast is not to scream down people because they have different ideals than me or call them all terrible people which some of them definitely are but that is not the focus the focus of the beginning stages of this podcast as it were are rather to talk about the ways in which i held beliefs which i now realize and hold the opposite of in most cases how I was led to believe that they were the way that they were and how I was misconstrued in them, sort of tackle them from like a reformed conservative standpoint. Uh, a really good example of this would be, um, I, I'm not going to get into it today because this is more of a like an establishing podcast talking about my experience, my old beliefs, my new beliefs. We'll get more into political things and specific issues later but at the moment uh i feel as though a really good example of an issue that i've moved myself over on uh mostly because of misinformation that i was subject to for most of my life was uh gay people and trans people <laughs> for mo for most of my life i grew up in a very heavily christianized area um, and as a result, I didn't necessarily find that these people were very good, <laughs> to put, to, for lack of putting it any other way. But they were always framed to me as being, you know, gross. It's so gross when two men kiss or unnatural. Trans women are just dudes with their dicks cut off, <laughs> you know? And... As I've grown, as I've researched things, I've come to a very much different conclusion. <laughs> Trans people just want to live as a dude or a woman or neither. They just wanna, they just wanna grill. <laughs> they don't necessarily, in, in the vast majority of cases anyway. There are some people who are different. I can't speak to them. I am just, I am simply a straight white man. <laughs> I, I cannot talk about the experiences of trans people I am not a trans people, <laughs> but I can talk about what I have researched and what I've known. Um, I feel as though the catalyst in my transformation, I guess you could... No. I want to reword that. I feel as though the major catalyst in my looking into things for the first time was when a very close personal friend of mine uh, came out to me as trans. Uh, I believe this was around, I would, I couldn't have been older than 16 at the time, 
And I didn't really process it, but at the same time, I thought of it. And I really, for the first time in my life, made an effort to understand something other than my general worldview. I looked into a lot of uh, the science behind transgender people, transgender individuals, um, transition, things, things of that nature. So, because, you know, they were my close personal friend. I didn't want to not be there for them when they were going through something that I didn't quite understand. While it did take me a while, admittedly, to come around to the correct position and the correct ideals about this and other things in my life, I feel as though this was the first place in which I stepped outside the echo chamber, so to speak, and began to think more critically about the issues of others and other people around me. To further contextualize things, not only was I very traditionalist in the way that I saw things, uh, from basically the way that I was born and the environment in which I grew up, I was... I guess the best way to describe it would be to say that I additionally kind of fell down the alt-right rabbit hole, but I never necessarily became any more or less far-right than I was. Uh, I was already very... I was already far-right far based on the ways that I was and the places that I had been and the experiences that I had had. But um, around 2016, <laughs> of course it was 2016. That's when everything, uh, that's when everyone was going through this, basically. Uh, I stumbled across <laughs> everyone's favorite, those Ben Shapiro videos on YouTube of Ben Shapiro wrecks and destroys stupid college feminists. Ben Shapiro destroys the sandcastle that I spent 38 hours making. And, you know, I... I started going down the rabbit hole and, you know, stumbled across YouTubers that were talking against pop feminism ideas. And, you know, I, as a young white man who didn't really have a lot of experience in anything, <laughs> I just sort of took it as gospel at the time. Uh, I began calling myself a libertarian, despite very much not being a libertarian in many ways. Uh, at least that part kind of stayed not really uh, in the not really in the sense that I am would call myself a libertarian today, obviously, but in the ways at least at least I didn't become authoritarian is <laughs> the point. But. Um, around that time, I began to define myself as a libertarian. Uh, I listened to people such as uh, Armored Skeptic and uh, Chris Reagan in the, at the time, and Shoe on Head, and you know everybody knows the ones. <laughs> but I began to take that as gospel. I thought of myself as very. I remember I defined myself to a friend as socially progressive and economically conservative, but looking back on it, I definitely was not. 
Um, I additionally believe that anyone who was rich, uh, was just better, <laughs> because obviously they made it, duh, so what, el what, what other reason would they not be? Um, I, around this time, uh, Fox News began to talk a lot about, they went from jingoistic white people, to <laughs> paraphrase somebody, they went from jingoistic white people screaming about how Saddam Hussein could, should be taken down a peg to basically simping hardcore for the then presidential candidate Donald Trump and his many ideals, <laughs> I guess you could call them. Uh, you know, shitting on Black Lives Matter when they were still around, things like, things like that. And... Little little old young me was very very interested in listening to super 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 smart guys like Tucker Carlson and other uh, I guess the best way to describe it would be entertaining right wing demagogues on Fox News and other uh, news sites such as Breitbart. I if I feel as though the furthest I made it was Milo Yiannopoulos <laughs> when he was around at the time but I never found myself going further than any of that I never went like JQ or <laughs> anything further than women should stay in the kitchen that's where they're happiest right guys so um I found myself very easily taken in by these things because it was made by people who seemed like they were smart, despite very much not being. <laughs> and since I had definitely not been prepared by the American school system in my small town where I graduated with less than a hundred students, to really inductively reason things or think on a higher level on whether the claims being made to me were true or not and I just sort of went with I feel as though confirmation bias was very heavy in my initial way to go about things ever since I was a kid you know with being uh, raised very religious I was very heavily sold on the idea of you know traditional in very large air quotes, gender roles. Uh, even as a kid, I remember being told like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna have to be the the big the big the big man of the house. Gonna have to earn seven hundred thousand dollars a year so that your wife and seventeen kids don't die of starvation." <laughs> so it was re it was always ingrained in my head from a very young age that traditionalist ideals and traditionalist ways of thinking were just. That was just how the world works. And so it really took a lot of introspection and a lot of confronting a lot of things that I had held in very high regard to scrutiny for really the first time in my entire life. <laughs> um, about 2016, 2017 was when I was at my most radical, I sort of began to fall out of that later. Um, I was thankful enough to um, 
through complete and utter uh, coincidence, stumble into a very um, diverse and, to put it bluntly, left-leaning <laughs> group of um, internet friends who I'm still in very close contact with to this day, um, who really began to, for uh, as well as a few real, you know, real-life friends, <laughs> who began to really question my beliefs and such as with the aforementioned very close personal friend of mine who uh, came out to me as trans. I really, at, the, at most points in my life, I believe most people thought the way that I did, which isn't necessarily untrue, but I just thought it was like facts of the world that this is how the world works. Immigrants are bad because they break laws to get here. <laughs> you know, I just thought that was just gospel. I took it at faith, really. There was no, there was no reason for me to believe what I did, but because Ben Shapiro said it was, it's all facts. It's not feels. I just took, I just believed it. And so it took a lot of thoughts and a lot of late-night conversations arguing with my friends about how non-binary people were not valid because you can't transition to a gender that doesn't exist for me to really start to question a lot of my own beliefs. And I slowly began to become more left-wing. And now I will, I will say this, it is plainly obvious that left to an American audience is still right-wing to most other audiences, especially in, say, Europe or um, other comparative regions. But I would say I slowly began to, on the standard political compass, drip bottom left, which <laughs> eventually led to me coming where I am today. Um, for a long time, it was a very slow creep, uh, me beginning to become more aware of other people's issues, such as uh, women's struggles in the first world, as well as other parts of the world. Um, the issue of um, black people stuck in inner cities and other places where they still experience racism, like every day. <laughs> and other issues that I'd never really thought of because I'd never personally experienced them. Uh, I recognize that I... Well, this is stupid. <laughs> Looking back on things, um, I do notice that I did come from a position of relative privileges because I never... <laughs> I went to a school full of white people, uh, upper-class white people. <laughs> I never... We, I had one classmate of color in my graduating ca class. I'm, I, I believe I had one or two in my entire graduating class. And so I never really was around any minorities or any other people, any other marginalized peoples. So to my young worldview, everything, everyone looked and acted like I did. To put it mildly. And so these these people riding in the streets, why don't they just go home and try harder? Why don't they just work hard? It's it's easy. It's so easy. 
and I eventually came to discover that just that just wasn't how things worked in the real world. Eventually, I ended up stumbling across a video by, ironically, uh, Xander Hall, who had a similar video to me, what I am, or a video similar to what my first episode of this podcast is, uh, where he described how he fell into and then eventually out of the alt-right pipeline himself. I stumbled across that, and despite a few key differences in his early childhood, I found that I had very similar experiences in a lot of the things that he thought. And so I decided to chase the rabbit hole for this as well. But at least this, this time it was, uh, co I was consciously aware of doing it. Regardless, um, I began to watch a few episodes by Xander Hall, uh, where he talked about his uh, ideals, and I heard mention of <laughs> Bosch, ironically, even though that might, uh, you know, upset some people. <laughs> that was, uh, he, Vosh, among a few other bread tubers, were the people who really got me thinking about, you know, the issues that were at present in a frame other than the frame that I viewed the world myself. I had always thought things were similar to the way that I experienced them. I never really thought outside of my own self. So having someone talk about broad societal issues and frame them in the way that they did really got me thinking, you know, maybe black people aren't <laughs> committing more crimes because they don't have dads. Maybe they're committing more crimes because they're poor like m any other poor demographic and the world over commits more crimes and because they're stuck in a system where they're perpetually pushed to the bottom. Maybe fast food workers weren't complaining for minimum wage and universal healthcare because they just wanted free handouts. Maybe it was because they found it hard to live and they could barely survive in a system where they made pennies for every single thing that they produced. Especially didn't help that basically my entire upbringing I was fed the ideas from major corporate people who like such as Rupert Murdoch and friend of the person friend of the proletariat mr. Tucker Carlson Who definitely is not far right? <laughs> I just kind of was spoon-fed spoon-fed a lot of particular ideals that confirmed my own worldview. And once I began to think of them more critically is when I began to step out of that faulty worldview. And I say faulty for good reason. I... A lot of the more conservative points that I used to believe and I'm still actively working on getting over in some instances, I... Found, I found a very stark disconnect in the way that I thought of things and the way that things actively operated. I was always told, you know, that, for example, slavery was not the reason for the Civil War. Everything was solved by the Civil Rights Act. Racism does not exist in America at present. And even some of my most 
looked up to people in high school and otherwise. I slowly began to discover the way in which this idea was placed on myself and many others in my situation. One of my most looked up to teachers in high school, I remember sitting, um, he was a history, a history teacher. I remember sitting in his class one day, listening to him talk about something, <laughs> some American history related way in which America is number one and we only do great things. And I, I remember sitting in the back of the class as a teaching assistant uh, because I am studying at the moment to become a professor in either political science or history or both, who knows? <laughs> I remember sitting there until I, and then I just had a light bulb moment that everything that he was talking about, I would have agreed with a year ago and had taken it first value, face. Everything that he was saying, I would have agreed with not even a year ago and I would have just taken it face value. These ideas were not just passively spread from parents to children. They were actively given through the biases of the teachers and the biases of the course material. People were not naturally led to the conclusions that they were. They were molded by the socioeconomic situations that they were in. And that really in another way, really kickstarted me to think about how my worldview, about how my worldview wasn't necessarily my own. Moving forward to today, <laughs> I am currently, as you can tell, starting this podcast. <laughs> I am thinking, I am actively pursuing a degree which hopefully goes well. <laughs> uh, I hope to, in the future, talk more about specific issues. Uh, as I mentioned before, I don't... And again, I don't specifically want to talk about right-wing things. I am still new to this, <laughs> being a lefty thing. Uh, I have more to learn about my ideas that I have. I have more to learn about ideas that I don't have. I have people and positions that I still need to research and think about. So, for any of you uh, conservatives listening today, this is not just about you. <laughs> Eventually, once I become more learned, once I become more nuanced and better at this format, I intend to tackle other ideas further to the left of the far right, uh, such as, like, tankies or... <laughs> Or uh, modern Democrats or liberals. I have issues and beef with all of you. None of you are safe. <laughs> so, further down the line, I intend to talk more about issues as they arise, ideologies as they are, and other things going forward. Um, but for right now, given that my expertise and my background, well, I wouldn't say expertise. But for now, given that my background and my learned behaviors are conducive to an understanding on a fairly deep level of the conservative ideologies 
that I was part of and how I left them, I feel as though I can speak more broadly to the specifics in those reasons. <laughs> I feel as I can speak more... I feel as though I have more of a right to speak on things that I once held as beliefs and how I eventually learned them to be wrong, considering it's my lived experience that I went through. Talk about how I learned what was not, how that was not the case. And I do not intend for this to be talking down to anyone. If you still hold these beliefs, uh, feel free to email my email. Uh, that would be labmonjobusiness at gmail.com uh, with any questions or topics that you want to have. Um, if this starts to get big for whatever reason, feel free to maybe come on uh, if you want to talk about things. I'm very willing to chat. Uh, the best way I feel like to reach out and to create a community and to talk to actively advocate for my positions would be to actively advocate for my positions. And I feel as though the best way to do that is to talk to people and keep keep myself on my toes, you know? So, um, the olive branch is out there if anyone wants to take it. Um, I believe that is a good first starting point to give you a little bit of background on me. Uh... I didn't mean to kind of ramble about myself for half an hour. The next topic will be a lot longer, and there will be a lot more to talk about, as I will be citing sources and talking about many, many things. <laughs> so, um, the next topic will be a lot more nuanced, a lot less personal about myself, but I felt as though to really start things off, I should define myself and explain to the audience where I'm coming from. My position isn't unique, I know this. Plenty of other people have gone through the same experiences that I have. <laughs> I mean, look at the girl who recently got dragged on Twitter for you for being a Nazi in past. But I do not, I don't wish to bully people into changing their positions, I don't feel as though you can. I feel as though the only way to really get through to somebody is to get them to question. You can't change someone's mind without introducing something new. And if you don't introduce, if you introduce something new through an aggressive frame point, most people tend to... I don't know if frame point is a word. Most people tend to... react in the same way as if you were to take... say, a meal from them if they hadn't eaten in weeks. If you challenge a worldview... from... not in the sense that you're trying to convert people but in the sense that you're just trying to get them to think about the way, the reasons for why they believe what they believe. I feel as though you'll get a lot more productivity out of that. 
and I encourage anyone to try and challenge my beliefs as well. I could be wrong, <laughs> who knows? But I'm fairly confident in the ways that I believe and what I believe. And going forward, I will talk a lot more about things that I have experienced, things that I know, things that I've lived. And further on down the line, I'll get starting probably next week, <laughs> I'll get a lot more nuanced and specific in my ideologies that I held, my ideologies that I hold, and just basic empirical data and to sort of help digest it on the personal level. Uh, if you guys want, I have started a Twitter for um, this podcast. Basically, this is just where I interact with political things every now and then. <laughs> uh, you can follow it at at labmonge without the o on twitter uh i hope you guys have a spectacular rest of your day and i'll see you again next week this has been labmonjo from the way out there podcast signing off